America. <laughs> yes. You are now listening to the sounds of Sports Reports' order. You're where your host on this show. They give you the real. We don't keep it close to the best like James Franklin. <laughs> Tonight, we got reaction to the college football rankings just released. Georgia is the new number one. Then, what the hell is going on in Buffalo? <laughs> and they want these people to give up billions of dollars for a new stadium? Woo! That's a tough one, dog. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that's the move. But yeah, the Jets. We still waiting on the Jets to score a touchdown. I've scored as many touchdowns as the Jets in the last three weeks. Damn. But now, get it off my chest. So, Mr. Logical, you know, journey with me for a second. So, everybody knows that I love college football. College football is my baby. College football is my first love. Like, you know, I was up here watching Miami and Notre Dame, Catholic versus convicts. Way before I had any interest in girls, you know what I'm saying? And I was sitting up here listening to all these podcasts this week, listening to all these TV shows this week. Y'all making me hate college football. Because every time I turn around, y'all just can't trip over yourself from contradicting and just saying very dumb things. Now, I made fun of James Franklin in the opening. I do think that James Franklin is a very good coach. Not a great coach, very good coach. He should have been the head coach at Maryland. You heard me say that before. But, you know, we talk about his 3-17 and 17 record against top 10 teams and all that stuff. How many times was he favored? The LeBron argument, all that. But I look back at it. They lost to Michigan this weekend. Michigan's number three in the college football playoff rankings. They lost to Ohio State. Ohio State was number one the last two weeks in the college football playoff ranking, and they're number two this week. So they've lost to the to two of the top three teams in the nation. So essentially, yep. And now they're bad. They're overrated. Okay, so they're like number 12 now in the college football playoff rankings. So if you are a, I don't know, number 10 ranked team and you play against number two or number three theoretically should you win now two five is going to say yes because you're still a top 10 team you're a good coach you should be able to beat these teams once every couple of years or whatever the case may be you shouldn't be three and 17 out of 20 games maybe six and 14 seven and 13 is a little better you know, that that's a little more reasonable if Penn State is the type of program that we think Penn State is. But on the other hand, I was listening to these fools and they were telling they were telling everybody Florida State is not a playoff team. Their best win is LSU. And then not even three minutes later, Alabama was so impressive against LSU. And, you know, like LSU is the type of team that has talent and they could beat anybody on any given Saturday. They they sat up here and said, hey, 
what if Michigan loses to Ohio State? Could they make the playoff? If Ohio State loses to Michigan, could they make the playoffs? And the answer was Ohio State has a better chance because of their resume. They beat Penn State and Notre Dame. Michigan only beat Penn State. Not even two minutes later. You know, hey, Louisville's number eight. If they beat FSU in the ACC title game, should they make the playoff? Well, I mean, what are they doing? Hanging their hat on Notre Dame? So what are we doing? (laughs) What is a good team? If Washington goes undefeated and they get to the Pac-12 championship game and lose in a rematch to Oregon, don't call them overrated. Especially when you picked Oregon to beat them when they played a couple of weeks ago and Washington beat them. And you're already picking Oregon to beat them now in a game that hasn't even happened yet. But I got more thoughts on that when we get to our playoff rankings. <laughs> That's all I got for now, Mr. Logical. Yeah, we see it every year, man. You see it when they – you see it in the, the draft. You see it in the contract talk. You see it in the these arbitrary rankings of quarterbacks, like why Jerry Goff always seems to be 11 or 12, like the last two – two seasons he's always like 11 to 12 ranked quarterback and his guys he has more touchdowns than ahead of him there's always something um but it just it's a great time for sports like i said we got hockey basketball baseball just wrapped up recently so you, you got guys making moves Ooh, homegrown just bounced his head off the floor Uh-oh. Ooh, it looked bad um well he got back up ready to fight so he's good i'm ready we got um, kentucky and kansas loading up right now but it's just a matter of just people. Uh, it's a lot of good sports. We're watching a lot. Um, I just like I don't like the dumbness. I'm gonna I'm call. I don't like the poor in-game management by people who are head coaches of National Football League teams and NCAA football teams. It's like, James how Frank. are you not prepared for these moments? And I'm gonna talk about a couple in particular over the last few weeks. In the game situations, you have a team, you got the ball, you're down 16 points. That means you got to get two touchdowns, two two-point conversions. It's already difficult. I understand. I'm not saying touchdowns come easy. But if you got like six minutes left in the game, you need to be on the ball. So you get to you score, have a good two-point conversion call, run it make it, and then you can play defense or you can kick the onside kick. It's like you should be thinking these many steps ahead. This is why I'm not a big fan of head coaches who call the offensive plays because I don't think it allows the coach to then really sit back and have this kind of conversation with somebody else on a strategy level because you have your in-game strategy, you have your passing game coordinator, you got your offensive coordinator. If your offensive coordinator is calling the plays, you can get with the defensive coordinator. You can get with the special teams coordinator and be like, hey, what do we have for onside kick in the event that we don't get the two-point conversion and we got to get the ball back twice? What do we have here? What's the best option here? What do we work here? So I'm looking at the Falcons game, and they Desmond Ritter comes in fresh off the bench. First of all, there was like a fourth and one call that he ran a quarterback sneak, even though he has three running backs. That between the three of them, they weigh about two, three, 690 pounds. 
between the three running backs. You can put two of them in there at the same time. And you can hell you can put one at tight end if you want. You could do anything else to get the ball to playmakers to get this one yard, but yet you give the ball for quarterback sneak to a quarterback that you benched. That's another thing. But he he does scramble in, get the touchdown. Now Atlanta's up one. You got to get a two-point conversion. Don't roll out to the right and cut off half the field. The NFL football field is 52 and a half yards wide. Mm-hmm. Arizona knows the pressure's on them to make this stop because they can win it with a field goal if they make this stop. So now they're, they're liable to be out of position. But you call a rollout. And then you got Drake London run a route to the one yard line. So even when he caught it, the defender was right there and just pushed him and the play was over. It's like, if you're going to call that rollout, you have to be in the end zone. Like that play has to be in the end zone. Mm -hmm. Either Kyle Pitts in the back of the end zone or Drake London, but you have to be in the end zone. You can't expect for all this action to happen. Everyone's focused on it. And And between the two of them, they what, seven feet tall? (laughs) <laughs> between it yeah between the two of them they're like 12 feet tall 12 feet tall 500 pounds <laughs> like i mean if you think about like the sheer size and just what you should be able to do with that in in that situation especially at, from the three-yard line so now of course the it looks like the defense gave up the points but because you didn't have a good play on your two-point conversion uh, same thing happened with Arizona and Baltimore. They had a penalty and they called two point conversion play. They threw like a five yard slant to Hollywood Brown and he had to beat four Ravens defenders to the end zone. Like you were down 10. You got to put pressure on these teams with good, solid play calling. It's like if you don't know what you're doing in that situation, give up the reins because it's, it's costing teams games. Yes, it's a scramble. Maybe you should have scored earlier. But when you have an opportunity to score, you got to come up with a better play, especially from the three-yard line. I get that it's very difficult because it's 22 bodies in that area. But if you can't get nine feet consistently, because everyone's all mad at Philly for the brotherly shove, it's like if but they use that play, they get it consistent. Other teams do it, it doesn't work. You got to find a way to get these points so your team is in a position where maybe you force overtime. And then you got a big leg kicker. All they got to get to is the 35. Most of these kickers are kicking consistently from 52 to 55 yards. Most of these guys are, most of the kickers of the NFL are probably for like 80%, if not 90% from 50 yards. So it's like you have to get up at least a field goal. Or if you get the ball and you have a field goal, you have to get up a second possession. It's like, some of these coaches just it just I don't feel like they understand that basic premise and it just upsets me every single week. I saw a college team do the same thing. It's like you gotta call a better play on your two-point conversion. It's like I get that it's difficult. Find the plays that all the other teams are running that work and run that because I've seen so many that like look like they weren't gonna work at all off the snap. I'm like, that's not gonna work. Like you don't have to trick them. Just find out what consistently works and run that play. But it's just it's just my is baffling to watch because I'm like, I wish I would have been a coach at some point where I can add that to my resume because it's like the, what they're doing is awful. So I'm still trying to figure out 
what Arizona was trying to do against USC on that two-point conversion. Like, I still don't know what UCF was trying to attempt against Oklahoma. Like, it almost looked like they were trying to set up a halfback pass from, like, the three-yard line or something. I have no yeah. idea what they were trying to do. It's like football is not cute. It's not cute. It's just get a hat on a hat. Um, and and oh, next, you know you you brought it up, but it wasn't a two point conversion, but you brought it up with uh Kansas City a couple of weeks ago. Like it's fourth and one. Like, what are you doing? Why is everybody running across the formation? Why is you know why are you flipping it? Why are you like like you know like if I flip it to you, you're already three to four yards behind where we need to get to. This it just. Like the the Kansas City that played talking about before they had to punt it back, it was third and one. Like, you know, if you go quick pass, you're looking for Kelsey first. They had three dudes around Kelsey. I'm like, just give it to Pacheco, because if he doesn't get it, at least you make them use their last time out. Who else didn't uh, did some stupid? Same thing. The Raiders on Sunday. Oh yeah, night. Sunday night. Mm-hmm. They didn't run the ball and make the Jets use their final timeout. And it almost cost them because the Jets do that Hail Mary. But the only reason they were able to get the Hail Mary off is because they had the one timeout. Even though I think uh I think Sala called it early. He said I called it with 20 seconds left, which makes sense because the guy got tackled. Everyone was running up and he was screaming. He had threw his clipboard and everything down the ground. He was like I called it with 20 seconds left and they gave him one second. Uh but because Antonio Pierce didn't just run the ball and make the Jets, sometimes it's that simple. Like, listen, we'll just run it, and if we get it, we we get it. But if we don't, they have to burn their last time out. Yeah. So now there's no you like that. Just that that decision on offense alone helps your defense, and that's why I think like a lot of this stuff is fool's gold. Because you, you see you had a conversation with a guy who thinks Denver's going to win 11 games. It's fool's goal. He forced four turnovers. And if it wasn't for another penalty by Buffalo, another mistake by Buffalo, Dumbass, you, don't get a sec, you don't get a second chance at that kick. They had already gave them the pass interference. That gave them the pass interference that got them in the position. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later, though. But, yeah, like, you know, it's just, it's just a mess. You know, these coaches, you know, they make the big bucks. Supposed to be smarter than us. And sometimes I wonder if they are, you know. And then they get uh, to the podium and get mad at the the at reporter. The he was yeah. like, so on that third and one, were you thinking that the defense was just going to be fooled because you, you know, you spun around the circle before you tried to hand the ball off? Like, listen, you don't understand what goes on out there. Guys are out there making plays. They're out there playing their butts off. We get prepared all week long. We practice that all week. No, nah, dog, that's not, that's not what we're talking about. It's like the Chargers. It's like when I watch the Chargers, you know, they got the touchdown machine, you know, Austin Eckler, and they still throw the ball like 40 times a game. And then like they get to like 31. And I swear, like when they're talking on the sideline, trying to get the play in, it's not even like, hey, we're going to do a play action and hit the tight end or like whatever. It's just literally like, I bet you they won't think that we'll throw it again. And then they proceed to throw it again. And then the defense knows that they were going to throw it again. And then it doesn't work. But, you know, but, hey, you know, merry-go-round, the carousel is going on in college football. Coaches are getting fired. But before we get to that, we're going to react to these college football playoff records that just came out. So, as I said in the intro, 
We have a new number one. They are the Georgia Bulldogs, two-time defending, reigning the national champions. Ohio State was number one, drops to number two. Michigan, number three. The rest of the top five is the same with Florida State and Washington closing it out. I was asking Mr. Logical, how come Washington is still ahead of Florida State? And he was like, yo, you a Florida State fan? And I was like, I'm real. <laughs> I'm real. You know what I mean? And then I was looking at Louisville. You know, we were talking about all these playoff scenarios last week. Louisville's number 10. So do they even have a path? You know, first of all, you know, Penn State falls down to 12. Look at Iowa at 16, Arizona at 17. I love these rankings. You know, I just got questions about a couple of things, but it'll play itself out. It'll play itself out. We can you know, we'll, we'll we'll beat we'll beat our brains out trying to figure out how Ohio State, based off the numbers you said in our pre-meeting, their strength of schedule is higher than Georgia's, and then their the record higher. Strength of record is higher than Georgia, but I think I don't think Georgia should never. They should have been number one the whole time. That's just my personal opinion, and that, and I can use the their previous success as that, but I think I look at it as a continued success. This is a this is a rare situation where it wasn't like oh, you know they've been good for the last few years. They've been dominating essentially. They've been at the top of college football for the last two full seasons, mm-hmm. and then this year, yes, have they looked? Have they been 42 to 10 every week? No. Have they been 35 no in the first half lot? No. But no one else has really took taken the mantle, like the whole the boxing, you know, you know, narrative. In order to beat the champ, you got to really beat the champ. You can't just you can't just win on points. You got to show I'm this much better than this guy. It's not which, maybe which not being fair, but it's, but it's something that you already but but it's already it's a like the champ is know. the champ, like you know but what I mean. Already, <laughs> but, you, but you know it going in, like when when it, when someone tells me it's like oh that's not fair, I'm like I get that it's not fair. That shit but ain't true. Ganu you know, knocked the champ down and still didn't win. <laughs> yeah, well they won't go let that happen because boxing needs to save some kind of face. But that dude's about to retire, so that's that's their own fault. But you, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you you, you know certain parameters and certain vernaculars and things that are going to be in place. So Georgia being number one made sense to me. I think having Ohio State there was maybe they were using a little bit more rationale. But I think it might be a situation where they're looking at, like, maybe Ohio State isn't as good as they initially thought. And now they're kind of coming back like, okay, let's – because, like I said, it was boring. It's boring to just keep throwing SEC teams at the top every single year. But when it comes down to it, per the the game that you play and how it's played and where the talent pool comes from, those teams are going to look better and they're going to beat your other teams. Yes, SEC, they don't go undefeated all around the country. But what LSU does – what Alabama's doing, what Georgia's doing, you know, like it just it just fits what a championship team looks like. So you put them in number one. Like I said, it all play out. It'll all play out. Well, what did Jimmy do? So so like for me, it just depends on what you're looking for, right? Like everybody has their own criteria, you know, for lack of better words. So 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 if you're if you're looking for dominance. Then Michigan's your number one team. You know, if you're looking for, hey, like, 
blow out some teams, beat some teams, games not in doubt. Ohio State's your number one, even though they don't necessarily look the best. I'm not a big Kyle McCord guy. You know, they haven't uh, had they haven't had good first halves. Like I think they're no, averaging I mean, something they like just ten beat, points. They're they averaging like wanna, ten points in the first half. They just won a game thirty eight to three this past weekend. But you know, but like with Georgia, this is this is my thing. You know, like if if the, if what we're saying, if what you're saying is the case, then why don't we just rank every national champion? Number one to start the next year, not, but not not necessarily national champion. It's because the college football rankings you got eight weeks, so it's not like you just you're resting on the fact that they, they had a loss and you're like you know what they are the two time okay, defending okay. champs. They didn't have a loss, so like all all of so so, so before this weekend, everybody being undefeated equal because every none of them are playing like top schedules. It all pans out to where you know September. You know, the first, second, third weekend of September, this team might be hot. Mississippi State might be hot for the first three weeks of the year. And the same thing with a team like Utah, for instance. But then, or Iowa, something like that. But they lose a couple of games. So now you can't be like, oh, well, they played this team in September because you just it just will go like, oh, well, this team, they played this team in October and they weren't that good in October. But now they, they turn the corner in November and they're back at it. Like if you would have played Colorado, like if you looked at it, like Colorado was like the hottest team on earth after two weeks, and TCU was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe they they fell off." But then as it all kind of played out, TCU and Colorado have the same, essentially the same record, you know, under five hundred. But it it played out. So as it's playing out with these undefeated teams, Georgia being one of them is like, well, they're still undefeated. And I get you want to take this season solely into consideration, but it wasn't as if Ohio State really gapped anyone, nor did Michigan, nor did Florida State. Like, none of these schools have set themselves apart, like the LSU, Joe Burrow, Jamar well, Chase, Justin Jefferson year. Like, those, that team looked clearly better than every other undefeated team. Well, until this weekend against Penn State, Michigan hadn't won a game by – less than like 24 you know um now with georgia but, but the they last- hadn't but had they really played anybody uh that's gonna be competing for no but georgia didn't even do that until two weeks ago but that's you when the ranking the rankings you, came you, out like you, right you, before then so like up until that point no one really had done anything differently that's what I'm saying. So like everybody was undefeated. That's not true. Like who had a who had a top win that was Texas, an undefeated team that was undefeated. Uh, so it, uh, okay, so okay. Before we go any further, define top win. Like just who was undefeated when the first college football playoffs Washington. Out? Washington was undefeated. They beat Oregon. Georgia was undefeated. Beat nobody. Penn State was undefeated. Beat Michigan nobody. Was undefeated. Okay. Well, if you looked at the, the AP rankings, I know the AP rankings and the college football mm-hmm. playoff rankings aren't the same, but they right. tend to they tend to line up pretty close. So you probably aren't gonna jump a team from six to one because all things being equal, Georgia hadn't lost. It's not it's not on them to make sure that their opponents are also good. Right, right. So it's it's not on me to be like, oh well, we beat this team. And they turned out not to be that good two weeks later after we played. We thought they were good, and it comes to find out that their quarterback really isn't that good or their defense is terrible because 
looking at USC, we thought USC was a juggernaut until we realized, like, oh, these dudes literally can't play cover coverage at all on the back end. No, we knew USC was trash. I told you. No, I didn't I think told, they were going to. I didn't think they were giving up 40 points a week. I told you that. when we did our preview, they were going to lose three or four games. And, yeah, but, lose but it was, three but it was or four mostly, games, but I didn't think they were going to give up 40. I didn't think they were going to give up 40 points a week to everybody. Well, they shit, gave they up 40 last points. Year too. <laughs> yeah, they gave up 40 <laughs> points to Arizona State, Arizona. They gave up 40 to Colorado. They gave up 40. They gave up 30, 40 Utah. They gave up over 50. Like, I didn't think they were going to average 42, 43 points a week <laughs> on defense. But like I said, starting out the year, USC would have been USC would have been a good. Would have been a good win for Utah when Utah got it. And then the two weeks after that, it was like, oh, my God, their defense is terrible. They had to fire the defensive coordinator. So when the rankings came out now, Utah would have been like, oh, that win wouldn't have been as good because USC had to fire the defensive coordinator to just go back. To be fair, fair, the week before they played Utah, they did lose by four touchdowns. You know what I mean, but 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 you know, but but anyway, but you know what I mean. I'm just talking about like just all know. things being equal, yeah. But, but but no, but but I'm just saying. So so like, uh, so Washington has the Oregon win. You know, um, at the time of the first playoff ranking, Washington Correct. had the Oregon win. Um, Florida State, depending on how you want to look at it, they had the LSU win. But at the same time, you can't give Alabama the credit for the LSU win if you're going to take away from Florida State. Now, if I'm Texas, I'm sitting here and, you know, these playoff records, they're running back. Uh, Jonathan Brooks is out for the season now. You know, if they make it through, get to the Big 12 championship and win, they end up in Alabama beats Georgia. We end up having to decide between Bama and Texas. Hold on, hold on. No, no, I know, but if I'm Texas, if I'm Texas, what was the point of playing Alabama if – they're just going to bump me out the playoff anyway. Well, you had Oklahoma, and you could have stopped them when they didn't have any timeouts, but you let them drive down the field. It happens. Yeah, everybody but doesn't, last everybody year, doesn't get the same luxury. But, but just last year. But just everybody last year. Everybody doesn't get the luxury. And, and Nick Saban year, said he was like, hey, we lost in the last second, and they, they didn't get in. Right, but he they lost wanted. two games. But they lost two and games. He was like, "We lost two games in the last second." No, no but but this is my point. That but doesn't mean. Point. But this is my well, point. That's what I'm saying. People, so, people like, agree when with you Nick lose, Saban. You lose your leverage. I agree, but people. Agree I don't think with people Nick really Saban. agree with Nick Saban. I thought, was, I thought he was. I thought they were going. I thought people. I thought the college football playoff committee was gonna was going to agree with them. No, they could. I personally, I was like, because I was, because I think I was talking to you. I was like, man, I think because Nick was on TV. Yeah. He was at the uh, he was at the SEC championship game yeah. lobbying to get in, but I think if, he needed if, some other teams to if win. They just and had one so. loss. If they just had one loss, I think they would have got in. But of with course. two, but with two, no, you can't. Certain you teams know. have that. Certain teams, <laughs> but, but, but like, my point like being, golf, you have a handicap. Is, some, but my point some, being, some teams have a handicap where you get people, you're allowed to get one loss. The same people that are make that argument. That they lost two games. One was on a last-second field goal where the field goal kicker had a false start. You yeah, know, that's, uh, I'm not the one that called the false start. You know, no one else mentioned it. I'm like, am one, I the one that saw that? One was on a two-point conversion, you know, at Tiger Stadium in overtime. So I get it, but you know, but if that's the logic behind it, then Texas lost on a last possession. So like, you can't like, you know what I mean? Like, 
That that's the problem with college football. Is not it's yeah. not that we have you these and I can use use a logical no 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 I know but but yeah. I'm just saying like that's the problem. The problem isn't these circumstances because you can contextualize anything, but the problem is is that you do it over here but don't apply it there. That's Correct. where we get into these issues. So like so so back to to the uh, Ken Louisville. You know now that Louisville's number ten, are they shut out of the playoff race? I mean, my personal, you know, my personal breakdown of how the the college football ranking gets built. I think they go by win loss record. I think that's a real. I don't think they ignore win loss record, but I also think that high on that scale is team popularity, alumni ability to sell out stadium and you can rationalize texas over louisville because a one loss texas one loss louisville because you're like i can get texas fans to fill any of these stadiums from arizona to florida i don't know if i can get forty-five thousand louisville fans to fill Jerry World, but I definitely can get 50,000 Texas fans to Dallas or to Arizona or to one of the, the, the you know, Caesars Palace Dome in, in New Orleans or the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. So I think that's, that's, that's where you're going to get your, I think that's where you're going to get your last teams in. If they have to leave a team out, they're going to leave a team out that can't sell the most tickets. TCU got in because it was like you if they could have found a way to get Alabama in instead of TCU, they would have done it. Yeah, there, there they, was just there was just no body there. It just was it just was there wasn't a, it was yeah, it just was nothing that you could say publicly mm-hmm. that other than the truth, which was we just wanted Alabama in over TCU. We think TCU, we think Alabama is better than TCU. That, that would have been it. Like it would have been no, it has just been like, hey, we just think they're better. And people yeah, are like, yo, like, they, you know, they got one loss and this team got two, and they didn't play for a conference championship. Yeah, yeah. It would have been all these questions. But really, what the committee would have to just stand up there and hold their nuts and say, Yeah, we think they're better. Well, see, and that's where th- there's a thin line between legendary and trash. Because like USC, right? They beat Utah. They're in the playoff last year. As it was, they lost to Utah, and then Twice. they lost the Tulane <laughs> in the bowl game. So you know, oh, they so, didn't want to be there. That's that's the argument, right? They didn't. Hey, they didn't really hey, want to be there. Hey, they right? scored forty five points. They didn't want to be there. They scored forty five points. And, oh, and back to your point, they gave up forty six to Tulane. <laughs> but anyway, you know, these college football rankings, you know, I love it. You know, we get to have all these conversations. But while we're on the subject of college football, Mr. Logical, did you know that there are six jobs open right now? I'll take one. I'm a good <laughs> recruiter. Yeah, we got, you know, starting from, I guess, lowest to highest, you know, I guess, you know, we got San Diego State. You know, Coach Brady Hoke decided yesterday to announce his retirement at the end of the season. You know, on Sunday, Andy Avalos got fired at Boise State. 
You know, obviously, uh, before the season started, Pat Fitzgerald got fired at Northwestern. They have the interim coach, David Braun, who I think probably will be the ongoing head coach. We'll see. He's five and five right now. They're over under in Vegas was three. So, you know, maybe he gets to keep the job. Um, Sparty is open, obviously. Mel Tucker couldn't keep it in his pants. He couldn't keep, you know, you know, he I mean he couldn't wait till he hung up the phone and throw on X videos like everybody else. You Making know, up uh, yeah. Then you got uh you got uh Mississippi State, you know, just came open yesterday after they lost 51 to 10 to Texas AM on Saturday, who fired Jimbo Fisher on Sunday. So I guess Mississippi State said, Well, hell, if the coach that beat us 51 to 10 got fired, I guess we might as well fire our coach too. So, uh, so word on the street is Texas A&M is swinging for the fences. You know, I've heard Dan Lanning. I've heard Mike Norvell. I've heard Lane Kiffin. You know, so this is – I'm going to let you get in here, but I just want to say All right. I, I got some words for Texas A&M. They are simple. A wise man once said, know your role and shut your mouth. <laughs> I'm just looking up. Let's look at this. Uh, because you got Texas, Texas coming to the SEC. Look, I'm trying to look at the exact payout because I saw that earlier. Yeah, you got you got you got Texas coming to the SEC next year. You got Oklahoma coming in. So Texas A&M. Here are five things you are not. You ready for this? Five things that Texas A&M are not. Okay, let's hear it. They are not Texas. They are not Oklahoma. They are not Alabama. They are not Georgia. They are not LSU. Why can't they be? Because they, what's the, okay. So this is the thing. Usually to have that type of notoriety, you have to be the man, so to speak, in your state. So when I look at Alabama, it's Alabama, then Auburn. You know, LSU has no competition. You know, it's Texas, and then Texas A&M. And you could even argue that Oklahoma gets a little more Texas than Texas A&M does. Oklahoma, then Oklahoma State. So A&M is number two in their own state, first of all. Check your own videos. You'll always be number two. Be number two. <laughs> you, know you know what I'm saying? And, and not only Shout that, and don't forget, I didn't even say Florida. I didn't even mention Florida. You know what I'm saying? But anyway, um, so, so A&M, they just – never they're never exciting outside of johnny manziel is it the expectation management do they expect too much and that's why they because if you think about the money like we talked about the 160 million dollar check they just got from their donors you would think like yo like because i mean if if you ever seen the death penalty the the netflix special by smu they said a lot of the the money was coming from these guys being in boardrooms. You know, they talk about their alumni. They're having these business meetings in Dallas and they're going out to dinner and they're talking about, Oh, my boy's going to get you this weekend. They're like, nah, we got a guy coming in from Odessa. Like we got a guy coming in from Midland. Like, nah, we got that guy coming in from Oklahoma and they were helping, you know, they're helping their alma maters get players. And I think the booster money started coming in. I think Texas A&M is getting the money. It might just be a situation that they got Jimbo Fisher, who had success at Florida State National Championship, and he thought it was going to replicate at Texas A&M. 
if they get a good, smart coach in with the money and the facilities and the access to players, if you think about you got Texas, Louisiana, Oklahoma. I mean, I don't know how much football talent's in New Mexico, but you got like you have enough talent in that just that that region to where you should be able to 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 get a good team on top of the people who grow up who just want to go to AM. Well, AM is first of all, you know, as as someone who has a child going to Texas AM. Yeah. Texas AM is just weird. You know, say they're a cult. They are on they're they're on their own planet. And nothing's wrong with that, but it's just is it is what it is. They're on their own planet. Like, so I can understand how a young 18-year-old urban kid doesn't want to go to doesn't want to go to fucking college station, Texas, and doesn't want to go hang around the cadets kissing each other after the touchdowns and all that stuff. Like, I can understand that. You know what I mean? Like, whereas, like, when I look at Austin, so they need a culture change, is what you're saying. Yeah, Austin's but it ain't liberal is a party, it's a good time, it's yeah, fun. Sixth Street, you know, all that. You know, you got now you got Houston in the Big 12, you know, uh, fourth biggest city in the United States. So, you got don't celebrity be power in Texas with Matthew don't McConaughey. Be, yeah, don't be, Houston, don't be surprised if Houston becomes a player over the next 15 years or so. But, like, the, so the problem with AM is they just don't choose wisely. So, like, let's explore this for a minute. Jimbo Fisher, you know, he won the national title at Florida State. Everybody that ever watched college football knows we ain't never seen Jimbo Fisher do a damn thing without Jameis Winston. Not a damn thing. And and, and I'm not even trying to say that, you know, Jameis is the only reason that Jimbo won a national title because there's a lot of coaches that only have one title. Matt Brown wouldn't have a title without Vince Young. You know what I mean? Right. But he still, but he still had Colt McCoy. He, you know what people I mean? believe like, if Colt McCoy doesn't get injured, they beat Alabama. So yeah, I'm, and I'm one of those people. You know what I mean? And and, th- and then you got, you know, um, I'm trying to think of, of other coaches that only won one title. You know, it'll come back to me in a second. But the point being, so when they hired Jimbo Fisher, look at the state of Florida State at the time that they hired Jimbo Fisher. They were five and five when they hired him. And a potential you know, investigation was looming. Yeah, so you didn't even have like current success to be like, well, hey, they won that national title a few years ago, and they're still nine and three right now, holding it down. You know, like they barely made a bowl game that year, and they had, they had, I think his first year recruiting, they had the number one recruiting class. No, I think the first, yeah, they had, they had a number one recruiting class, and then for a couple years in a row, James Harden still out here bricking. And then that's when Nick Saban went to the press, had the little boosters meeting. It was like, hey, AM bought all their players. Like basically, hey, open up your checkbook. I need to get some of that. I need to get some of your extra money so I can buy some of these players away right. from AM. Right. Which seemed to work out. Or maybe just a matter of, you know, maybe Nick Saban is that much better of a coach. And maybe the the upper echelon head coach, the Mac Brown, the Urban Myers and these other coaches, Nick Saban, obviously Kirby Smart, maybe just they are a cut above. And well, you got you, Dabble Sweeney, a guy. Like, yeah, you, I was you about know, to you say that. A, you, you need a top. You might need a top quarterback to make everything kind of work out. I was about but, to say that. There's no difference, but the only difference between Jimbo and Dabo is that Dabo plays in the ACC. 
That's the only. And he difference. had Trevor Lawrence because, and because Deshaun the same, Watson back to back. Thing that you said. Because I asked you, I asked Mister Logical in our pre meeting, if I'm a And M, why wouldn't I call Dabo? And Mister Logical said correctly said, Dabo doesn't um, change. Like he, he's he's yeah. archaic. He's stuck in his ways. That's Jimbo Fisher. Like Jimbo Fisher, he there were last year during their four and eight season. You know, I mean, granted, he was three and two against LSU, but you know, they they lost. They were they were four and eight. They lost the game last year, and they were talking to Jimbo about the offense and about the playbook and all this kind of stuff, and like if he needed to evolve or change some things. And he said, "No, the plays work. The players just got to make it work." That tells you right there everything you need to know about Jimbo Fisher. If you never knew anything about Jimbo Fisher. You yeah. know, um, so so when I look at Texas AM, you know, um, they should swing for the fences. You know, Dan Lanning, you know, Mike Norvell, you know, uh, Lane Kiffin, you know, they should swing like that. But I think the answer may be much simpler. The answer may be as simple as Mike Elko, former Texas AM defensive coordinator, current head coach of Duke, you know, went nine and three at Duke last year. You know, uh, of course, Riley Leonard got hurt this year, you know, but Duke isn't doing so hot right now. But even without Riley Leonard, they lost 47 to 45 in double overtime to North Carolina the other day. So they're still competitive without their player that they're dependent on. You know, um, there's some people have mentioned Lance Leopold from Kansas. I don't like that just because he's a Midwest guy. He's from Wisconsin. So if anything, I like him for the Michigan State job if he were to leave Kansas. But if you are AM, you are Daddy Warbucks. You know, open up the checkbook and see what may come. You yeah. know, and don't forget whoever, whoever gets that job is probably gonna get if it's an if it's an established name, probably eight to ten a year. If it's a hot name, like a hot offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, throw that name like out there that. that you said. Which one was that? I said a few. You talking about Urban Martin? No, not Urban. No, no, the former, the former Arizona Cardinal coach. Oh, yeah, Kingsbury. Yeah, go ahead and get Cliff. Go ahead and get Cliff down there in Texas and bring him back to Texas. Let him go but ahead. It, you know, match up against Texas Tech. But it's they not, still but have it's that not going to be sexy enough. Like I think it'll work, but but will it be sexy enough? I think so because I like I think just honestly listen I'm secure I mean, my uh, my masculinity I think I think he he looks the part he's still in, he's a quarterback he has what uh Colin Cowherd likes to say quarterback face he just has that boardroom you can put him you can put him on billboards you can put him you do the interviews you can send him to ESPN he's he, he he's personable tall like the 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 whole the whole aesthetic of what he provides on top of the fact he wasn't a bad coach it's just that they didn't play a lot of great defense he still had patch mahomes he had graham harrell he had uh you know he had a brief stint in the nfl and i'm pretty sure he's probably in the ear of uh caleb williams he could probably get you a, a quarterback like if you want to recruit a quarterback because in college that could that could make a break you the ability for your quarterback to like essentially what Caleb Williams is doing for USC right now, their defense is like, just, I mean, I can't even think of a, I need a thesaurus 
to find a good word for like terrible. They are god awful. <laughs> I mean, I, I was gobsmacked at looking at some of their, their stats. But Caleb Williams and his ability makes up for that. You know, we've talked about it in the NFL. Sometimes you just have a quarterback that could just make up for the lack of a good defense. He has, I think he can he has that that swagger to where it'll be sexy enough for your alums. It'll be sexy enough for your recruiting base because I think people will look at like, you know what? He did coach Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And you could probably get him for less than the prime candidate money. Like you're going to have to pay Urban Meyer $11 million a year for eight years. You could probably get clipped for about seven and a half for five years, maybe eight. Well, speaking of big money, a name just popped into my head. Who we got? I know you're going to disagree with it, but it popped into my head. It might work. Gonna... It might... Could they poach Lincoln Riley? Nah. It's too sexy in California. As the head coach? <laughs> yeah. Caleb Williams about to leave? Nah, because now, now he's SEC, not another top SEC quarterback. Move, the SEC move and the SEC money at a California school is going to hit a little different than the SEC money that it might you might be able to get it to go a little longer in Texas as far if you just look at just the like the facilities and how much land costs and building these places however that money comes in and gets trickled down to the football team it might go a little further in Texas but I think the allure of winning at USC mm-hmm. puts you on par with plane. yeah you know you know, you got legends. You got Marcus Allen, Reggie Bush, Pete Carroll, Liner, OJ. I mean, Jackie Robinson. No, Jackie Robinson with the UCLA. But you, you have like that the Coliseum. Like you have the whole the mystique. So even going, just getting like this year is not going to happen. But getting USC into the college football playoff next year would be just like it, it'll 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 i think it just would ring a little bit more and like i said with texas a&m they won't have to break the bank all right one more name kingsbury one more name like i said this just happened i just so with all the talk and with all the disappointment could james franklin be an option nah i don't think it's sexy enough not sexy enough because you can't what they what is he gonna bring from Penn State to Texas AM that he could say, Oh, at Penn State, I did this? Because the sexy name of Penn State still to this day is I mean, Joe he's Turner. won the he's won the Big Ten. You know, is he's it? he's made Rose Bowls and won Rose Bowls, you know. Uh, you know, I mean he obviously he doesn't have a national title like Jimbo had, but how many coaches are out there that have a national title currently? That's you the know, thing. If you don't have a national title, then you gotta you gotta give me something else. If, you gotta if I was a and honestly, see, like like I said, I'm just all this stuff just coming to me now. If I was a and I might look across the other side of the SEC. Who is and that? I might, and I might make a call to Knoxville and see if I can get Josh Heifel Hi- down there. Mm, he's probably not hypo, from the standpoint like he's not the if i'm hypo i take the phone call i yeah. get the, i take the phone call so when tennessee asked me how the phone call go i'm like 
uh, my check can go up a little bit. I'll ignore <laughs> I had this phone it went, call. Hey, that phone call went about twenty million. Yeah, that phone call not went about minutes, it went up, not twenty minutes, yeah, twenty million, <laughs> million dollars a minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so look at that Mississippi State. You know, in the SEC, you know, another SEC West team came open. Divisions going away next year. They're going to go to like the, you know, uh, you play these three teams and all that kind of stuff. But so Mississippi State is they'll, Mississippi State will do something like they'll have to go. They'll they're the type of team that can go get like Liberty's coach. Or James Madison's coach, yeah, or something like that. They can go get, they can get, go get one of those coaches, and it's like that's up. It's a, it's an uptick for See, him. I didn't have James Madison. I didn't have James Madison, but I did have Liberty. Jamie Chadwell, you know, it's his first year coming from Coastal Carolina. This is the problem with Liberty, though, or with Jamie Chadwell. Now I know that the SEC is the SEC, but Liberty is one of the few G five schools that can pay. You know, they can pay. So that uh, church money. Yeah. So so it just depends, you know. Uh, but I was looking at a state over, you know, current coach of Tulane, Willie Fritz. You know, he had the Georgia Tech job last year. Um, didn't sign it because they wanted him to leave before the bowl game. And he didn't want to, you know, leave the players like that. You know, he wanted to coach the bowl game. So it fell through. I think he's perfect. You know, he's already in that area of the country down in Louisiana, recruiting down there, you know, got some inroads. You know, he runs um, a different type of offense because, you know, at a school like Mississippi State, you're not going to get Caleb Williams. You know, you're not going to get. Well, why can't you? I mean, you can why, pay them. Like, if you're, if you're airing it out, if you're airing it out. This is the problem. This is the problem. You should be able to do it, yeah. Okay, so even if you've got a Caleb Williams, you're probably not getting Caleb Williams and Brendan Rice and Mario Williams and every Dorian Singer, you know, that USC has to put around Caleb Williams. You might have to, you might have to go on the portal and get you, gotta you, remember. Get, you, get you, get you some, you know, it might not be Louie. You but might have to get some Michael Kors bags. I mean, you the, might have to get some the problem, but this is the problem. If, if I'm Mississippi state and I'm trying to get a guy, whether Porter or otherwise, he's probably getting a call from Lane Kiffin. <laughs> he's probably getting a call from Nick Saban. He's probably getting a call from down in Baton Rouge. Listen, and how many of those guys are you going to actually pluck? In those, those little towns, those small towns, Starksville, Mississippi, and and Tuscaloosa. Like I drove to Tuscaloosa, small. You call the car dealership, and you say, "Hey." I'm trying to get this guy from Texas. He's the third wide receiver off the bench. He's not getting a lot of run. I'm trying to get him here. Can you offer him a lease on this truck or whatever vehicle he wants as part of an NIL deal? He'll come here, do some commercials, sign some autographs for the kids, whatever the case may be. Can you do that? And we'll put a big post up here, and then we'll make sure you guys – Get you, you and your wife get a nice seat at the press box every week. You just gotta, you gotta go make those deals. Like that's because hell, Utah, all the players, all the scholarship players of Utah get a leased vehicle, get a leased truck. Mm-hmm. Utah's not big. Salt Lake City is this. The state is this big. 
people live in this little sliver here. So it's not mm-hmm. like that many options, maybe a few million people, but 85 trucks. You can spare that between all the dealerships that are around the stadium and around the university. Oh, I don't know Larry who brokered H. that. Larry <laughs> H. Miller, Stockton Malone, or uh, who's the other one out there? I know, you know, then you have, you know, like someone made the deal. Someone made that call because a lot of times, man, with college kids, I know a lot of these kids are getting million dollar deals. Shador is getting three million. Travis Hunter is getting a few million. Uh, but most of them aren't. Most of them are getting just free stuff. All right. Being able to, you know, so like I think you just got to be able to broker those kind of deals. You have to, but like I said, I think a guy like Kingsbury in Texas A&M, he can, I think he can kind of smooth those kind of deals over. You just got to get one of these old head businessmen, one of your boosters. Mm-hmm. It might be a guy a little shady. I mean, a guy named like Shaughnessy or something like that. A guy who's like a fixer. And you got you might have to go back to how, how they did in the 80s to make deals happen. Now that you can do it legally, you just might have to, you know, get a little a little dirt under your fingernails to make it happen. If you want your school school to succeed, you gotta have to, you know, you might have to like dig deep in and come up with something great. Yo, so uh Friday night, we got an elimination game. But it's a little different of an elimination game than most people are thinking about with elimination games. So the site, you know, here comes my word. You ready? All right. Live from the Palouse. (laughs) Cam Ward, who threw 69 passes left the other day, completed completed 34 of them, and a loss to Cal. Losers. Of six straight Washington State, meaning they got to win out. They got to win this game, and then they got to win the Apple Cup against Washington to make a bowl game at six and six unless they get in at five and seven. On the other side, on the other side, we got a team that Mr. Logical just brought up. We got Shadur Sanders, Travis Hunter, Dylan Edwards, Jimmy Horn, and the gang. The Colorado Buffaloes, also four and six, you know, need to beat Washington State, need to beat Utah to make a bowl game, potentially, unless they get in at five and seven. Elimination game. So let's look back at it real quick. Coach Prime, how we rate in the first year? Uh, C, C minus, uh, mainly because probably closer to a D. It's, it's, I would say because we knew after like the third or fourth week that they had no, they had zero expectation of winning the trenches mm-hmm. weekly. Mm-hmm. It just was. If they lost the trenches every single week, it wouldn't surprise you. And we, I think we knew that after like the fourth week. It was like, yo, you, there's nothing you guys can do up front, defensively or offensively. So I think understanding that is like, there's only so much you could do without that, without being able to dominate that part of the field. So with that being said, 
considering that his, you know, his quarterback's running for his life. Uh, his best player missed a few games. An unfortunate blown lead. I say it's like a. I'll, I'll give it a C. I'll give. I'll give it a C just because I know we expected a little bit, but once you've seen it kind of play out and you see what like what he just flat out didn't have, it's like I think you did the best. Any any other coach would have been one in you know nine right now, maybe even zero and ten. Without yeah. should, without without the the Louis that he did bring with him. I can see that team being like just as bad as it was the year before. I'll give it a C minus. I think that Dion is just, I don't want to say impatient, but just some, just some of his decisions, you know, like, you know, the whole demoting Sean Lewis as offensive coordinator, for example, you know, it's like, just the stuff that you mentioned with the offensive line, they they had they have a good offense, considering the fact that they can't block anybody. You know, yeah. I know everybody puts up forty on USC, but they did put up forty one on USC. You know, a lot of these games they've been fighting, you know, and just not able to pull it out in the end, like against Arizona the other day. Arizona won that game 34 to 31. Arizona, their lead in the game was 34 to 31 as time expired. That's the only time Arizona led in that game was at the very end. And this is the number 17 team in the college football playoff rankings. You know, they played against Oregon and that's where it hit the fan. But Oregon's a good team, this a great team this season. They're number six yeah. in the nation right now. So you know what? Like, I know he went, he was at Jackson State. You know, Jackson State was used to being the bully of the conference. You know, they still didn't win the celebration bowl, but they were the bully of the swag. Correct. You weren't going to come to the Pac-12 to a power five school year one and just throw your weight around in that way. Now, I know everybody likes to say. They only won one game last year. Okay, that matters if this is the same, if that was the same team. You know, he did bring in his son as quarterback who people had in the Heisman race at one point. Correct. You know, he, he brought in Travis Hunter, who may be, you know, for a lot of people's money, the best player in college football, or at least very, very dynamic. Team. Yeah, very dynamic, even though he needs to stick to one position. You know, um, they, you know, the talent that he brought in skill position wise shows us that once they get the trenches figured out, they will be a factor in the Big 12 going forward. Now, I don't know if I can say that they're going to be like the favorite and all that stuff because they're still bringing Utah with them. You yeah. know, Arizona's coming along, but they should be in the top three to four every year in the Big 12 from here on out. You know, so but for this year. I, I know it's unfair, but I have to grade you as you were. You started off 2-0. and Or 3-0. and You started off 3-0. 2-0. You know, I thought it was 3-0. and TCU, the, TCU, Nebraska, TCU. Colorado State. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, 3-0. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you started off 3-0. and 
You know, you killed Nebraska with Matt Rule, who had hype. You know, like people were believing in Matt Rule. You beat them by 22 points. You beat TCU, who played in the national title game last year. And whatever you want to call the Colorado State game, Dion caused a lot of hysteria and hype, but Shadur bailed him out from an embarrassment. Since then, they've gone one and six. So I have to judge you as you are. You know, like you've lost five to include games. the 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 twenty nine point. Bl- yeah, that you blew lead. against Stanford. That would have you in a bowl if you win Friday night at the Palouse. So, so you know, so so like I think that if you if you're a Dion supporter, you basically say he did what he was supposed to do. He did what I thought he was going to do. If you're a Dion hater. You're living it up in the moment and saying, I told y'all he was going to fail. So that's why I graded it as a C, because everything is right in the middle. You know, it is a prime example of hype. I mean, it was almost no like movie, movie script hype of my uh-huh. bastard prime. And <laughs> they had everybody there. Paul Pearson, The Rock, Kevin Garnett was there. Shannon Sharp was there. Shannon Sharp was there. Lil First Wayne. tank was there. Stephen A was there. Lil Wayne Wu- was Wu-Tang there. Wu Tang Clan showed up. Wu Tang was there. Uh, <laughs> Joy Taylor, she was there. Like the hey, whole, uh, yeah. Like I mean, everybody was there every week. I mean, literally, the rocks out there in the Colorado jersey, all snug. Like I mean, it just was instead like of, instead of being down in Coral Gables where he belongs. And now no one. I was thinking about it today. I was like, man, we haven't talked about the. The Buffaloes in a minute. I mean, wow. Affleck commercials were everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was it was chaos. And they still everywhere. Like, like the bottom just fell out. And if it wasn't Dion, you would think like, oh, there's there's no way it could turn around. I think it will. Like I said, I think it will be able to turn around just because Shador. If Shador comes back, Travis Hunter comes back, and he can keep. Because I saw something in our uh, in our group chat. Uh, one of the an athlete, I believe it was a running back, maybe wide receiver from IMG Academy, yeah. decommitted. Mm-hmm. Um, but that could just be like, hey, maybe he's just weighing his options. Maybe somebody else. Maybe he had another twenty million dollar phone call. You know, these things happen. But if he can keep his recruits and get recruits and just either recruit. Either can keep his his southern connection with the recruit with, with Texas and Florida, or if he can start getting that the, that Midwest because they're going to the Big Twelve. If he mm-hmm. can pull some of those guys that might have gone to Michigan, might have gone to you know Nebraska, you know some of these hey, like, mainly offensive on linemen. State. Don't sleep on Michigan State. Florida State got Keon Coleman from there. And yeah, they're gonna have some players out of there now that Mel Tucker. There's gonna going. be a lot of players. Yeah, you know, there's gonna be a lot of players that want to slide out, and it's like, well, mm-hmm. Mississippi can, State, go get you some SEC players. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Texas A&M. Go A&M. get you Evan go. Stewart. Go call Evan Stewart. He could be your best receiver. Call uh, Sanu Smith, or uh, no, that's the Falcon dude. Um, oh, that's John. <laughs> <laughs> but but you like know Smith. Similar name, yeah. With from AM, you know, like like go get some of these dudes. Why not? And I'm pretty sure their social media is somebody's you know, been in contact. Hey. All these teams that got that fired their coaches this week, 
you best believe, especially because most of those firings are in that that region. Well, well even between well, you know, between Boise State, Texas, Mississippi State is like, oh, this is this is this is already Dion's recruiting. Oh, region. and don't forget, you know, Jaden Daniels is probably going to the NFL. So you know, going and call LSU too. There's some players left on that roster, and they lost three games this year. You know, like people ain't so happy with Brian Kelly down there. Yeah. Brian, like Brian Kelly is one of those those hires that like I think LA that Texas A&M might be thinking they can pull like you know squeeze but it's like it might not be the move it might be it might be a time for you to because Dion relates to the younger player because this whole the whole the swagger and and this bravado Dion's been doing it since the eighties so he's all, he's always been like this with the yeah, Jerry like Curl parents, before his teeth got fixed. Were talking to their kids about Dion. Yeah, so Dion is Dion is like this. So Dion gets a guy that wants to come in and show off his watch. He understands that, but he also knows, like, listen, you want to show off that watch, you better go out there and when it's game time, mm-hmm. you better put something on film that people want to watch. Mm-hmm. So I think he has that kind of swag. I don't know if Brian Kelly goes to Jaden Daniels like, listen, you want to sh- you want to stunt you want like I I don't think he has that kind of like relationship. You know, if you want to you want to you know I I just don't understand. I don't think he has that same kind of cachet where I think a younger coach might Cliff Kingsbury. I mm-hmm. think Kingsbury's type of I think Kingsbury's type of coach that if he got hired and GQ wanted to do a photo shoot of him in his office, it would make sense. Mm-hmm. You put him in like a little turtleneck and a blazer, and he's in his office holding a pipe or whatever. You know, I think that photo, like that spread in the magazine, would make sense. Right. Versus you bring in Dabo Sweeney and try to do a GQ spread with him to re- to relate to the players. You know, I don't right. I don't think that makes sense yet. No, I agree. You know, and and I just think that you know Colorado, like I said, I think they're going to be a factor because I mean, what do you got? You know, maybe you think UCF can get some talent since they're down in Tampa, you know, or I'm sorry, Orlando. Uh, you know, you got Oklahoma State just because Mike Gundy's, you know, been a fixture forever. You know, like I said, Houston, you got to be aware of Houston. If they get the right coach in there, they could be a sleeping giant. You know, you're bringing Utah with you, you know, but you should be able to like match or exceed Arizona or Arizona State, you know. You should with- be able to pull a couple of, four-star players from the surrounding states schools mm-hmm. that been that fired their coaches mm-hmm. if you're Dion. Yeah. So, you know, uh I woke up this morning, you know, saw Ken Dorsey got his walking papers from this team that is asking their residents to kick out what 2.4 billion dollars to build that's, the this going, that's, a, that's the going price for new stadiums, about $2 billion. To build this stadium in the middle of Antarctica, you know, Monday night football, four turnovers, should have been five, but the ball bounced back up to James Cook. You know, uh, had the game won, just got to play sound defense, pass interference, you know, get the, you know, first down, all that stuff. Here comes the field goal kick, it's up. Wide right. Wait, there's 12 men on the field. What? Now, I know we talked about this a little last week, so we ain't going to stay too much long on it. You know, we got other stuff to talk about, too. But what the hell is going on in Buffalo? I think 
they are going through what every team goes through where you just you're just playing bad football. Mm-hmm. You, you, I'm not sure when their bye week was or if it's coming up. They need a reset, but they're just playing bad football. And I was never a big I'm not a big fan of the offensive coordinator being up in the in the box. Like, what are you looking for? Like, why do you need to be in the box? You need to be on the sideline and feel the temperament and the and the the angst of the of your team. Like, I don't yeah, know why they're always in the box. Out here? Like, I just <laughs> I don't I'm not a I don't understand why you're in the box. I would see you could put like somebody else in the box, like someone who's just literally all they're looking at. They're just relaying that information. But I need to be down here on the sideline and see who's breathing hard. Like is or is the guard breathing hard? Do I can I blitz this gap or does this rookie are his eyes too big? When I line Stefan Diggs up, you know, and they go man coverage, does this guy get nervous? You can't see that from the booth. And you can make calls on it. Like I've you know, I've been at my my kids' high school games and me and another, you know, one of his former coaches looked across and was like, That's the big boy over there. I'm like, Yeah, but he got about two plays in him before he gets tired. And we look over and he's <sighs> And like, all right, blitz his gap because he is tired. And they'll blitz right in his gap, and it's a sack. Because you can see that from the ground level. You can see him huffing well, and puffing. Well, this so is what always this is I what think always, it's just that's that's the that's the probably the biggest problem in Buffalo is like they're just playing bad football, and it's just they've had Super Bowl aspirations for so many years, and they just keep playing having these bad stretches. Well, this is what always confuses me. You know, because, you know, James Franklin fired his offensive coordinator the other day, too, over at Penn State. You know, Ken Dorsey's out now. This is my question. What difference does it make if the personality of the coach doesn't change? If the field goal goes through, do you still fire Ken Dorsey? Probably not. Then what did he do wrong? Well, so I do know that Buffalo fans have been calling for him to go for quite a while now. You know, I do know that, you know, but. You know, um, I saw that Joe Brady is taking over as offensive coordinator. They you know, didn't he get fired out of Carolina two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. He was the quarterback. So what did he learn under the guy who just got fired? He he was the uh, quarterback coach, you know, for Buffalo up until this point. You know, now that he's being upgraded to the offensive coordinator. I mean, at this point, you just hired somebody. You just put somebody that was already on the staff in that position. So I don't know philosophy wise what will change if mcdermott is still the coach because it might have been a philosophy like i really think it's probably like a a personality thing i think it was like a blow up like you know they go to the meeting mcdermott calls him out and he's like i had nothing to do with special teams i didn't send 12 dudes out there he probably said coach if he was like two five if he was if he was like coach two five, he would have told McDermott, I tell Josh Allen dumbass to throw that pass. I didn't like you're the defensive specialist. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't have anything to do with the pass interference call. I got us in, I called the plays to get us in position to have hey, a lead at the my end of running the game. backs, my running your backs defense, seven your, point yards of carry, seven point four yards of carry in that game. Your defense <laughs> and special teams gave up this game, and you want to blame it on me. And he that's that's the only thing I can think of because, like I said, right. if, the field, if the field goal goes through, his report card for that game 
is locked etched in stone. From the, they got their last points and Denver got the ball back. Whatever Ken Dorsey had called up until that point wasn't going to change. So the missed field goal shouldn't have been the or the made field goal, you know, subsequently made field goal shouldn't have been the reason he got fired because then you would have fired him anyway. You would have fired him for only getting 22 points. If that's what you're going to fire him for, then you plan on doing it anyway. But what it really boiled down to was I think it was just uh, a personality. I think there was a there's going to be reports that come out that say something along the lines of like there was a altercation or conversation because he probably just was like, listen, man, I'm not, it's not my fault. So, it's simply so not my fault that he can't stop turning the ball over. So obviously I tried to believe in Buffalo, you know, but I here's never the, did. But, but here's the question. Are they going to miss the playoffs? Yes. They don't have any time. Like the Nick Wright, first things first, he's not a big Buffalo guy, but he was, he talked about like, the tiebreakers like they lost they lost to the jets i think they lost miami. they lost to cincinnati but miami's gonna win the division outright so the tiebreaker won't even factor in because they won't even get like they won't well, even I don't know is, is miami gonna ever beat a team over 500 they don't really need to they got enough cupcakes <laughs> in their division to beat up on they'll get you they know, got the raiders this wins. week they got the raiders <laughs> with their inept offense out here scoring <laughs> 16 points smoking cigars uh so the afc just doesn't seem very strong mm-hmm. i just think that there's gonna there's other teams that are going to just consistently just play better week to week i think houston's mm-hmm. gonna play better week to week i think they just have a belief um i think I, got, I gotta give you your credit you told us before the season started look out for cleveland i what the way Deshaun was playing a couple couple of weeks, I thought they were about to fall off a cliff. But they're going to be a team. They're going to steal a spot, not necessarily steal a playoff spot, but three hey, AFC North division. teams with that defense. Yeah, three AFC North teams are going to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Buffalo, right now at five and five, fired offensive coordinator. Got seven games left. They've had the same and three losses. Jets. Cincinnati, Denver, Josh Allen has nine turnovers. And they he lost the, most the turnovers Jet game. in the NFL since he joined the NFL. But even like even with uh, the, the most those three games, if he doesn't have three turnovers, mm. there are one possession games. And they still beat Miami by 20. It doesn't make sense. Well, I think it might make more sense that Miami might not be as formidable as we think. But with Buffalo, I I don't see this being the last firing. I can well, see hey, somebody else getting up. fired. I guess I can see they lose another game and they they fall to five and six and it looks the same way. I can see some turmoil. You see, you saw what Trayvon Diggs was posting on um social media mm-hmm. on Twitter talking about get my brother out of there. Yeah, so, I saw I saw uh, Stefan Diggs talking about. I told this man to get me the football. He told me to put on a Broncos jersey. <laughs> that's fake. Oh, is that fake? It has to be fake. It has, it has to, to be, be like right? some kind of AI but, thing. I, I yeah. hope it's not. I hope it's not. You know, but um, you know, but yeah, we'll. I guess we'll see. You know, because uh, who 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 does uh Buffalo play this week, Mister Logical? 
I don't know. Let's check it out. I haven't really no, don't look it out. Don't look it. I know the answer already. I already know the answer. It's probably New England. They play the Jets. That's a win for the Jets. Mm. Nah, they're so bad. The Jets are up so in Orchard bad. Park, you know. But uh, the Jets are. But so anyway, bad. Zach Wilson. So, is so, I mean, he's just like Zach. So, what Buffalo and the the Buffalo and the Jets, the Jets, and like I said, Jets and the Bills are going through the same thing. We're just like. We are all seeing what's not working, and it feels as if none of the coaches are making adjustments. Is like, but at least the Jets. Either lost this their is the way you are. <laughs> nah, which I'm talking about post. I'm talking about post Aaron Aaron Rodgers. I'm talking about what Zach you know, Wilson. The Jets have not scored a touchdown in 36 straight drives. Like you can, like we all see what's going on. It's like, why are you guys just? And now your boy uh, Nathaniel Hackett is the scapegoat again. Once again, it's a situation where like some of these guys shouldn't be hired. They shouldn't <laughs> be in these positions. And it's like, I get it that they are football brains, but it is evident that it's it can't be this hard. Like I was talking to a Buffalo fan about like the woes of my team offensively. And I, you know, I watch a lot of Falcons games. I, like I said, you know, I'm bouncing between different games. I'm trying to get information for this podcast and just, you know, end up doing my homework on Sunday. So I'm like, I'm watching a lot of stuff on these iPads, TVs, everything else. But I think about something as simple as like a simple crossing route to where the, the, it's like run after catch. Like that's built into the play call. I watch my team not make calls like that. Like, I don't recall this year realistically seeing Scotty Miller coming across the middle. He's our small, speedy slot receiver. Or when they got uh, Van Joseph. I keep it's, I keep messing his name up. Van Jefferson. Jefferson. <laughs> it's like you get these guys who they're – the best way that they can contribute to your team is to get them the ball in these specific routes. Even if the defense knows it's coming, that's irrelevant. This is what they do best for you. Don't run these guys on curls and slants from X or from Y. Like, get them in the slot, run routes for them from the slot. That's where they that's where they are the best for your team. And it's like they just never do it. Like, there's I saw they threw one route, like a deep route to Jefferson and it was overthrown. I'm like, man, call that again. Because there everyone's in the box because you got B. John Robinson, uh Cordell Patterson, Tyler Gier. Then you throw all these inside short oh, routes with the mm-hmm. with the big with the big tight ends and then the big wide receivers. You throw everything right here. Like everything's 15 yards and in. Throw that deep post route with a, the speedy slot guy, maybe the safety jumps Kyle Pitts underneath and you get one-on-one on the backside. Like, just try it. And they, and they don't do it. So when you look at a team like uh, the Jets, Zach Wilson shouldn't be throwing the ball 40 times a game. It should be at 29. It should be a cap, like a pitcher's count. 29 throws. I say like and 22. <laughs> Yeah, but do not exceed. Ain't nothing wrong with game. You got Dalvin Cook there, especially considering it's not like 
I haven't seen Zach Wilson consistently make in-game game-winning plays. Not talking about like just that final drive where you you put it all on and you heave it. I'm talking about just like, hey man, it's the second drive of the game or the first drive of the second quarter. Put something together. Put something on, you know, get you let's get eight or nine plays in this drive. Get you four or five completions, you know, some draw plays, you know, a dig route, something like like just get you something. Get get us going so we get a touchdown. Come off the field, look at the tablet, come back out there, get another one. Like I said earlier, we were talking about a little pre-meeting. When Denver puts, you know, back-to-back touchdown drives together that look efficient, then I'm like, all right, you might take them seriously. But you got a team that basically is like hoping that they get points and hoping that they get a touchdown or hoping that they get in position. Like that's what it is. A lot of these teams out here just hoping, mm-hmm. hoping it works out. The Giants out here hoping it works out. Yeah, uh, all their quarterbacks they, with two touchdown passes. <laughs> everybody's hurt. You know, you got, you know, Jacksonville. They don't have double-digit touchdowns from the quarterback position. Uh, like maybe the defense is catching up to this this spread and this excessive passing, and they're starting to play a lot, you know, a few more guys who used to be safeties, and you're making them linebackers. So stuff like that. So, so all the, all the uh, Buddha Bakers. Buddha Bakers, guys that, that are just playing in the box, guys that maybe this guy doesn't cover that well. They're like, you know what? But he tackles well, and he he can cover a tight end well enough. Let's get him on the field. Because most teams are playing nickel, nickel defense mm-hmm. anyway. Like, well, I might as well get a true linebacker and then a hybrid and another corner out here. And that way, when you go, when you try to go out here with these pass options, because now you're paying these wide receivers twenty something million dollars, you can't have a lot of them. Mm-hmm. You can only have one, so, you know, unless uh, you draft when you get lucky. But a lot of a lot of teams aren't drafting wide receivers that are like making real impact. So um, I'm excited. You know, Thursday night, live from my hometown. You know, my AFC North pick, Baltimore Ravens. Fresh off a loss against your AFC North pick. Fresh off a loss, Cincinnati. What's your early thoughts on this game? It's going to be in Maryland on the harbor. I don't think the weather is going to affect any other teams. Uh, I got Cincinnati. I'll, I'll, well, we'll do the predictions, but I like – I know Cincinnati lost to Houston, but Houston's playing lights out. They're playing – Houston's playing with how – I think Cincinnati play, was playing a little tight, especially when I think the score went 20-7, to 7, and it was like, oh, these dudes are really out here. You could tell that it was like the difference of two teams. It was like one team is 5-4, and four, and they're finally getting together, and everyone's like, oh, this, we're back. And then Houston is like, yeah, we're 4-4. Four and four? We're like – we're really out here competing with teams and our quarterbacks do for five, you know, then they're 500 yards a week before and five touchdowns. I think they're just a little bit more excited, but coming back in the vision, yeah, seeing how Baltimore kind of blew that lead. <laughs> then he threw for three fifty six. You know, the over under was two fifty six for CJ Stroud. That was the betting odds, two fifty six wow. and a half. And some pundit said, uh, that the, the Cincinnati Bengals defense wasn't going to let him get to that number. 
I was like, yeah, I was like, I should have yeah. put that bet because I was, I was flipping through the channels. I was flipping through the channels, and there's like three channels in a row had different gambling. It was like Fox had one, ESPN had one, and I think the NFL Network had. They all had different like fantasy football or or just straight up gaming odds shows on, and it was yeah. probably like eleven o'clock, like trying to get all the gamblers to get their bets in. But they were saying like, "Yo, take the under on the on the two fifty six. Uh, yeah, but I, have- I think, I mean, division game. I'm not a big fan of this new Baltimore passing game. I mean, Odell Beckham just started catching touchdowns the last couple of weeks, so I'm, maybe they turn I'm around. But I'm like, I'm not a big fan of Baltimore passing. I'm leaning Cincinnati. I'm leaning Cincinnati. Um, obviously, if Cincinnati does win, that gives them a sweep over the Ravens. Uh, but uh, I think that Cincinnati needs it. Like coming off this loss, you know, uh, Baltimore seven and three. Cleveland and Pittsburgh both six and three. Cincinnati at five and four. They really need this game. You know, they can't afford to lose this game and, you know, let, you know, Cleveland or Pittsburgh win another game this week as well. Um, so so I, I'm leaning Cincinnati, but I gotta I gotta get into the numbers to really make a make a decision, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, same thing. Cause like, but in the same sense, it's like you dug no yourself a against. hole by not by not being ready when the season started, essentially. So if you don't win and you're behind the eight ball and you're last in the division, you can only look at the way you started off the year is like the reason mm-hmm. that you're in that position. Whereas Baltimore has been consistent. Yeah, you're going to have a slip up every now and then, especially in division. You know you lose by two or you blow a lead. It happens. Mm-hmm. A bad pick six. I mean, it happens, but. I probably like I'll probably end up leaning towards Baltimore, but like I said, I, I gotta check the numbers, see, you know, yeah. Um Joe Burrow after a loss. Yeah, if I was England, I would send, you know, if, if the United States wanted me to send some of my Premier League teams over here so we can help yeah. soccer take off in the United States, I would send Burnley and Everton over here after what we sent over to England the other day, New England and Indianapolis. That I and and as somebody that loves defense, I was riding down the road. You know, for those of y'all that don't know, you know, I did my tough mutter this weekend. Tough mutter. You know what I mean? And I was driving back, you know, four hours back home. So I watched the whole game as I was driving. And the road was more interesting than that game. Texas like, was a born. Yeah, like, listen, like, Texas roads are boring. <laughs> Matt I don't Jones. know if you've ever been on the Texas road. That is a boring drive. So if the I don't, yeah, if they, I don't understand what New England's doing. Like they obviously don't want Mac Jones. Like they nah, bench him every chance that they get. He has no confidence, man. Well, None. it's because of them. It's because of them. Nah, that's you got to keep your like, own confidence year, sometimes. Like, sometimes year, you got to be your own some, advocate. No, I agree. But but last year they had a defensive coordinator calling his offensive plays. And he was on the sidelines yelling. He was yelling about it. He was like, he was upset. He was showing emotion. Bill O'Brien, first of all, was chewing him out like a child. And I understand you got to be coachable in high school and college. But once I get to the pros, don't be yelling at me. Because I'm pretty sure Bill O'Brien, mathematically, is old enough to be his father. And I make more money than you. You're not going to just be yelling at me (laughs) on the sideline when we have a tent. 
take me in a medical tent. Like, show me some respect. You, you like wait till we get to I... the locker room. That's what <clears throat> halftime was for. <laughs> like Tom Brady had to cuss Bill O'Brien out. Hey, we gotta keep it, we gotta keep it funky. Bill O'Brien's not a good coach. He just has a good connection Ooh. with Bill. I mean, he had JJ Watt, defensive player of the year, and Deshaun Watson multiple years. They did nothing. They were making the playoffs. He traded DeAndre Hopkins away for a second round pick and a guy with two bad kneecaps. Hey, he won some playoff games in Houston. Cool. With Tom we'll Savage. With we'll go with that. You know, Who's, with Tom Savage. Didn't uh, Josh McDaniels get a playoff win with Tebow on that slant pass against Pittsburgh? Yeah. Yeah, Doesn't make him a good hey, coach. Bill O'Brien did a decent job at Penn State. Cut it out. So, like I said, <laughs> he he doesn't have the cachet to be chewing a guy out on the sideline like that. To the point where, if you were, if we were in an argument and we're going back and forth, then we can have a passion thing. But you're chewing, you're chewing this man out on the sideline. I get, yeah, you're supposed to be able to take it. Yeah, but if he would have slapped Bill Brown in the face, or if he would have cussed him out, it's like, oh, he's not coachable. Like, listen, you're not gonna just like you're not gonna just chew me out on national TV and in another country. And then and then the way he was responding, he was responding the way a child does. Like he had his head down. I was like, come on, man. Like, I I don't want I don't want to put you in that position. It's like my like I said, my oldest son has a son. I wouldn't chew him out like that in front of his son's mother because she has to respect him. He has to be able to to to, to take control of his household. I'm not going to chew him out over something in front of her. And now she don't look at him with any kind of respect. And now she's supposed to teach his son how to respect them. Like that stuff stretched. That's why he was so easily benched. Because if you can talk to him like that, in front of people that, that I mean that poor I mean it was it was just poor form and Bill O'Brien you're trash Matt, Matt Patricia's doing a better job last year with Bailey, less talent Bailey Zappi's a better quarterback anyway so let's go on and get, get oh you're just doing that because Western Kentucky situation no I just think he's the, no I just think he's a better quarterback I just don't think I just Matt think Jones that Mac, Mac, quarterback we I don't think he has I think he was good not, when he was doing the gritty in the Pro Bowl. I think he was feeling. I think he was feeling like, yo, this is this is gonna work out. I think after that, his rookie year, I think he felt as if this was gonna get better. And then they came in with the defensive coordinators, and he's like, yo, I'm not getting any better. And everyone's blaming it on him. And then his confidence is shot. Like it got shot last year with the Bailey Zappi stuff. Anyway, every right. other team that has a starting quarterback move the backup. And said, "This is your team." San Francisco did it for Brock Purdy. He lost three games in a row. Came back out, dropped thirty-four points on Jacksonville. Uh, Dak, they, you know, they when they finally decided to pay him, they paid him a lot. You know, this is your team. I mean, granted, Patrick Mahomes never was in question. Justin Herbert, they paid him early. Joe Burrow, they paid him. Uh, you know, so Daniel Jones to that effect, they paid him. Granted, it didn't really work out. Because you know the injuries, whatever case this year, but every team you have to be able to nurture. Sometimes you got to be able to nurture your star. You can't just talk to everybody the same way, or treat everybody the same way, or even throw a bunch of different changes. Yeah, Justin Herbert might be able to adjust to multiple 
coordinators, but he also has better weapons that allow him to adjust. You don't bring in any weapons to New England. The well, Jacoby uh, Myers walked. They could have yeah. probably brought in DeAndre Hopkins if they want to spit the bill. They probably could have paid for Odell yeah, Beckham Jr. Got, like they went and got Juju. Juju, who is a third, he's a slot receiver at best. But if he's your best option, he's gonna get double. That's that's the thing is like you, if you're Mac Jones, is like you guys didn't even invest in my success, mm-hmm. and now you're blaming me for Bill O'Brien, like you know Bill Belichick's, you know worst year in 20, 20 plus years. It's like, well, you want me to make bake your cake, but you don't give me good eggs. I need eighteen eggs. You give me six bad eggs. Like go bake this cake. It better taste great. So, yeah, I um, I don't think Bailey Zappi's like a Pro Bowl quarterback or nothing. I just think he's better than. Well, I think well, I shouldn't say better. I think he's as good as Matt Jones. Like usually when he's in the game, you know, you see the team at least going back to last season, the team reacted. Like they they had that like, hey, Manu is here, Ginobili's here. You know, they had that, like, even if it only lasted for a second, that's more than I've seen them give that's the thing. You, as an organization, shouldn't rely on sparks. You should rely on consistency, especially considering you're the market consistency for so long, mainly because you had one guy, you had the guy for that long. It can only become consistent if you play the dude. Like, if you keep on... But that's him, why you had to get after... rid of one. That's why you have to get rid of one. You have yeah. to. You have to flat out. Well, get there were the, well, there were, one. well, there was the rumors that came out in the off season that whatever the there were the rumors that came out in the off season saying that New England was looking for a home for Matt Jones. You know, it just they should have cut Bailey Zappi. They should have cut Bailey Zappi and then brought in your quintessential backup quarterback, a Case Keenum. Maybe not Case Keenum because he gets he's getting some playing time. And just brought in a guy that you hope was only there for emergencies. Mac doesn't run a lot, doesn't get hit a lot, so more than likely him being available for all seventeen games is, was a possibility. Mm-hmm. They should have said to themselves, "Hey, we need to ensure that this guy gets a because right now you don't even have a like you're. I'm not saying you made a preconceived choice on him." Because if they keep losing, they're going to be in the sweepstakes for Drake May or Caleb Williams or whoever's at the top or maybe even a trade for Justin Fields. However, they feel like whatever move they feel like making, because they're going to be they're going to get a top five pick. Because there's nothing about what they're doing that's going to that suggests that they're going to turn this season around. Mm-hmm. So at two and eight going into the bye week, more likely they're going to come out of it two and nine. So. Like you're gonna get a top five pick. What are you gonna do with it? Because now, now you just gotta scratch it. You gotta charge it. You gotta charge the whole situation because you didn't handle it right. And you gotta make tough decisions where you're just like, listen, are we rebuilding? Because they've been denying it since Tom Brady left. Well, you're as much as you, well, as much as you've been banging on their offense, you know, Antonio Pierce has got the Raiders playing hard. At least they look like they look like they wanna play. They look the same. They look exactly the same. They were making this, the dudes are running wide open on offense. They're just playing the Jets. 
They're playing a team that couldn't capitalize in the red zone. Oh, yeah. What? It was the Giants the week before, right? <laughs> the Giants the week before. So it was like. Yeah, well, we'll find out this count. weekend, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, the, it was the same, it's the same. Like I said, I was texting you. I was like, the Raiders, they were just doing dumb stuff. Like, the, the way he didn't run the ball to make them burn their last timeout and then having to burn a timeout to tell his defense to get on the goal line when it was a Hail Mary oh, situation. Hail Mary, like, yeah, like yeah. what are you doing playing cover two? He's like, he's like, get the help. He's like, get the fuck back. <laughs> he heard <laughs> on the microphone. He's like, get the fuck back. Everybody, back the fuck up. It's literally yeah. what he had to say. Like, that. So Max Crosby plays tough and Spillane plays tough, but they still don't run the ball well. Like, they had, they did this game. They had, you know, some touches. But that's because the Jets' defense is on the field because the offense is so inept that eventually it just wears you down. Like you just get worn down and it's a very methodical and simple, but if they can't consistently get to 24 points, cause they've only eclipsed 21 points once this year. That was last week. Yeah. It, it'll be, it's, it'll be like the Jeff Saturday thing was last year when, Saturday came out, he won that game. And then we had the Pittsburgh game where they had the Ironically ball with against two, the Raiders. Yeah, they had the ball with like two minutes and 40 seconds left on their side of the 50 and end up not getting close to scoring with timeouts because it's just everybody everybody can't be a coach. Some people could be on your staff, but everybody can't be the head coach. But, yo, Monday night, you know, we'll get into our picks on Thursday, but I just got to acknowledge Philadelphia and Kansas City on Monday night. Philadelphia gonna beat the brakes on Kansas City. I agree. You know, it's in Arrowhead, I believe. Um, 27-13, Oh, wouldn't that be fun to hear Nick right after that? You know, but um, yeah. He'd, so you'd he, have to be concerned. You know, but yeah, like uh, been a good NFL season so far. You know, uh, obviously my Commanders took it on the chin again. You know, up in Seattle, should have won that game. You know, but you know, dumb. Dumb defensive plays and yeah, it was a good game though. You know they battled back. That's all you can ask for because listen, you're not going to win every game. It's just a lot of the games that have been on national TV have just been really bad. Sam Howell leading the league in passing yards, right in front of CJ Stroud. In front of CJ, top five CJ Stroud MVP CJ MVP MVP (laughs) consideration. Uh Oh, Uh oh, we got Clay Thompson. Oh, Draymond got Rudy Gobert in the headlock. Uh-oh. In the first quarter. Oh, ten, a minute and 30 seconds into the first quarter, he had Rudy Gobert in the headlock. And Clay Thompson's jersey was ripped. Like, I don't know what happened because I said I got it on mute. But it was a minute Damn, and a I half hope, into the game. I hope, there was at least, I hope all that, it was at least one punch thrown. It was close. Pull it up on your phone. What? Yeah. Know, Sam, it ain't it's, there it's, yet, it's, but. It's worth the reaction. Let's see. Because I just looked over. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I'm still watching this Kentucky game. They just blew a 12-point lead. We got a tied game with 11 minutes left. Yeah. It was scored. Yeah, it was 0-0 zero, zero in the in – the, uh, By the time I get there, it's probably going to be gone. Nah, it'll be on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to yes. look this up. Oh, there it is right there. As soon as I – look, I didn't even type in Draymond. The first thing came – I typed in Dre. Draymond Green puts Rudy Gobert in headlock. 
and it was and aggressive. And he it was aggressive. Timberwolves brawl. It was aggressive. It looked like he was I trying love, to drag him out the club. Oh, I love this. I love this headline. You know, uh, Draymond Green ejected for putting Rudy Gobert in chokehold. <laughs> oh, yo, wait till you see the video. All right, I'm looking at it right now. Actually, here it yeah. is. Yeah, it was no, it was no typical basketball grab. Oh shit! Who that Clay? Who that throwing Clay around like that? I think it's uh. Was that Anthony yeah. Edwards? Nah, it was a the other guy. I think he he was on the Vanderbilt. Maybe is it Vanderbilt? No, Vanderbilt played for the Lakers. Remember? He still saying it was. I forgot. Oh, you think Kyle Anderson? Maybe. Nah, it wasn't him. It was a dark skin guy. But I thought it was Anthony Edwards at first too. But it's number three. Whoever number three is for the Timberwolves. I thought it was. I thought it was Edwards. I thought it was five. Oh yeah, three. Okay, I see it now. <laughs> Put him in a mean. He was on, under the beard with the with the headlock. Yeah, I see. You it know right you got now. it. You know you got it dug in when the whole beard is across the uh, bicep. Yeah, that's what I like right there. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is what basketball is missing, man. I'm not saying yeah. that we need to take it to the 80s where you got to yeah. clothesline people and all that stuff. But we just want to see – I don't know how to word it, so I'm going to just go with – I want to see passion. You know what I'm saying? I want to see passion. And I think for a headlock, you get a game. It's Draymond, <laughs> it'll probably get three. <laughs> just because it's Draymond, he'll probably get three. You know, saying you know, but this means nothing. The empire, the evil empire, has fallen. This means nothing. The Warriors are not winning a damn thing. Well, I mean, that's not hard to say. It's like it's a young man's game. I know people are thinking that the Clippers are gonna do something, but like, you got a starting lineup that's my age. I don't know if that's. that's I know you got a bunch of retirees. Did the Clippers play lineup. tonight? Did they win? They're playing right now against Denver. They're down eight at halftime. Yeah, about to be 0 and 5 with James Harden. Hey, Pretty but you much. know what? But while we at it, you know, saying how about my Houston Rockets? You know, beat Denver now the other his, night. His Houston Rockets. You know, saying Jokic had 36, 21, and 11, and it still wasn't enough. Rockets, the winners of six straight, you know. Uh, That's why it's a young man's game. Like you mix in, you get the, the free agent signings, so you got two of them. You got Van Fleet, okay, Fred. Fred Van, and Dylan Van Vliet, yeah. And then you have some young players. Like that's, I'm not saying it's the same thing, but it's like that's like what Boston had when they brought in KG and mm -hmm. Ray Allen. Granted, but you just you just have some older vets with some real youngins that needed some guidance. You let Ooh. them use their energy, and then you let these guys guide them. Same formula that uh. You know, LeBron and D-Wade, Chris Bosh brought down to Miami. You brought some oh. old free agents in with some young guys. Granted, it's not, I'm not saying it's going to lead to championships, but that's more sustainable. Like, bringing in, like, a couple of years ago when Kawhi Leonard and Paul George went to the Clippers. It's like some old heads with some young heads, and it should have worked out. It just didn't work out, and they blew it up too soon. Yeah. Well, you know um... – don't tell me, don't look now, you know, but don't tell me the Lakers about to win three in a row. You know, I mean, they're up by 13 on Memphis early right now. So, you know, uh, who knows? You know, um, you know, but the Lakers, you know, they beat the Suns again. Yep, I saw that. You know, um, 
You know, that's the new motto. Sons ain't shit. You know, <laughs> oh, like Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> oh, what's what Stephen A? What what happened? No, S A S. Sons ain't shit. Oh, yeah, Sons ain't shit. There you go. But I saw yeah. uh, that he's dating Molly. I think that, I hope that's fake. Well, I saw. I thought they were dating like a year ago. Like I thought I heard that. Like when her and Jalen first split. That's that's whack. You know, what I'm saying that's super yeah, whack. That, that is whack, but you know what I mean. Hey, hi Molly. Um, you know, I just um, hi Rihanna. <laughs> Yo, I swear I be saying that, and nobody knows what the hell I'm talking about. You know, what I'm saying say hi Rihanna. Yeah, nobody knows what I'm talking about when I say that. Like, you know what I mean? They just be like, "What?" And I'm just <laughs> like. I'm like, get some hip hop in your life, bro. Hip hop in your life. Don't tell me, don't tell me, was that story true? You know, my man, uh, Joe Budden got caught in the strip club slipping. Yo, listen, got I don't some, know. Got some paws put on him. Probably. I mean, like everybody get beat up every once in a while. You know, it happens. It happens to the best of us. But yeah, you know, I'm mad. I didn't even get to watch my Maction tonight. You know, I didn't even see no Maction because I was sitting up here watching college basketball. I didn't <laughs> see Akron. You know, I didn't see Eastern Michigan. You know, like I was I was looking forward to it. You know, Tuesday and Wednesdays are my jam. Yeah. You know, but uh, but yeah, man, like, you know, I uh, I'm looking forward to the game on Thursday night. Like we said, you know, Baltimore and Cincinnati. I'm looking forward to Monday night. I'm even looking forward to Sunday night. You know, Minnesota at mile high, you know, like I don't what I don't like what I don't like, you know, before we get out of here is I don't like all these. You played on Sunday night. Now you're playing on Monday night. You played on Monday night. Now you're playing on Sunday night. Like it's just it's just the same teams over and over in primetime. So, yeah, a lot going on in the sports world this weekend. You know, we got Washington, Oregon State, you know, um, those those NFL games that I just mentioned. We got Georgia going to Tennessee. We thought going, coming into the season that was going to be like the game. The like game Georgia to watch. Trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Now Tennessee done lost to every team that they played with a pulse by at least two scores, you know, Um you know, so we got some stuff. How about UCF putting the pause on Oklahoma State after hey, they? I'm like, you that, that that's that emotional. Like when people talk about, like, oh, they're gonna have a letdown. I'm like, man, I can't carry over. Yeah, that's an example of when it does carry you over. And I'm wrong. Yep. And then Kansas quarterback got hurt, so they went out and lost to Texas Tech. They got K State coming in for the Sunflower State battle. You know, uh, K State. I need them to win. You know, they were my pick to win the big 12 so you know i need them to get their heads on right you know now that oklahoma <laughs> state is opening up the door just a little bit the door's know. ajar yeah you know but yeah like so you know there we are you know washington wins this weekend they clinched their spot in the pac-12 championship game you know oregon oregon state next week you know um, alabama and georgia have clinched so that's our sec title matchup florida state and louisville is our big or I'm sorry, our ACC title matchup. You know, um, the Big Ten West is still up for grabs. Anybody can get it just about, you know, but Iowa can go a long way into wrapping that up with a win this weekend over Illinois, who backup quarterback came in and threw for 500 yards last week. You know, those, maybe the wrong Sounds dude like, was starting. Yeah, you know, that, 
it's probably crazy. Like whoever's on the most most expensive scholarship probably gets a nod. Yeah. So you know, um, so you got that. You know, um, obviously next week the game, Ohio State and Michigan is going to decide the Big Ten East. You know, unless uh, Michigan do something crazy like lose to Maryland this weekend. Or uh, fire their coach with the uh, three games left in the season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Friday, that was that's what I meant to bring up earlier. On Friday, there's going to be a hearing to see if Michigan can, uh, or I'm sorry, if uh, Harbaugh can coach, you know, this weekend. So they're, they're trying to appeal and everything. So Friday, we should get that decision one way or the other. But, you know, the NBA is going on. College basketball is going on. Kansas 72, Kentucky 71, 636 left in the game. Sports is here, baby. Sports is here. Ovechkin, you know, needs about 69 goals to break Wayne Gretzky's record. We coming for you. You know what I'm saying? But on that note, you know, it's time to come for those pillows. You know what I'm saying? Sports Indeed. reports is ordered. We will be Two back vets on, need sleep. <laughs> yes, we will be back on Thursday. I will be here tomorrow with uh, Pittsburgh, Boston College, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Colorado, Washington State previews. So, you know, we're going to preview Thursday and Friday night's games. You know, me and Mr. Logical back at it on Thursday. You know what I'm saying? And then we will see here. you then. You know, sports reports is ordered. Like, review, subscribe. All of the good stuff. It's free. You don't Absolutely have to worry about free. charges. Nothing. Free 99. Yes, sir. Peace. <laughs>